Hello, thank you for joining the Camden First Assembly broadcast. We are so excited to share the Word of God with you today, believing that this Word is exactly what He has for your life. So, stay tuned for today's message, and as always, remember, there's a place for you at Camden First Assembly. I want to share with you from John chapter 7, and I want to share with you uh, from verse number 38. And uh, this is... Uh, this, this is what it says. It says, Anyone who believes in me may come and drink, for the Scriptures declare rivers of living water will flow from his heart. I want to read that one more time. Anyone who believes in me may come and drink, for the Scriptures declare rivers of living water will flow from his heart. In verse number 38, it says, When he said living waters, he was speaking of the Spirit, who would be given to everyone believing in him, but the Spirit had not yet been given because Jesus had yet not had not yet entered into his glory. Can we just can we take a moment and just uh, just invite the Holy Spirit to speak to our hearts this morning? Lord, we just thank you for your presence. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your faithfulness in our lives. God, I just I thank you for the privilege that we have, Lord, the freedom that we have to worship you, to, to come together as the, as the family of God, as the body of believers, and to give you glory, honor, and praise to experience your glory and your goodness in our lives. And God, as we come to this moment of, of reading your word, of opening our hearts to your word, I pray that you would eliminate every distraction, that you would eliminate every doubt, every fear, that you would silence every worry, every, every uh, attempt of the enemy to, to steal, kill, and destroy, that it would just be broken in this moment. And that Holy Spirit, you would have freedom to move, to speak to our hearts and our lives, that God, we would be refreshed and renewed by your presence, by your glory and your goodness. Lord, we thank you for who you are. We invite your Holy Spirit to come. Have your way in this place today, we pray in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. And amen. I want to share this word with you. This is the, uh, this is the verse, uh, John seven thirty eight is the verse that the Lord put on my heart for us as a church. Uh, this year is our verse of the year. If you remember Isaiah 43 from last year, we had two verses where God said, um, I'm, I'm doing a new thing. Do you not perceive it? And uh, in that passage of, of Scripture that we had last year, it really felt like the Lord had burdened my heart that He was wanting to do something new. Um, and it goes on to say in that verse that, that uh, uh, basically the, the, there is a spring welling up in the midst of the desert, that God is making uh, the, the deserted places uh, whole again, that God is bringing forth life again. And, um, and so at, at the end of last year, as many of you know, I, I told you, I, I prayed and I asked the Lord uh, for some time off uh, so that I would have some time to spend with him about what, I be, what, what he was wanting to do in this new year and that he would give me some direction. And um, I told you, you got to be specific with the Lord. Uh, because if you're not, you know, no, there's no telling what can happen. You know, the Lord gave me some time off. It just wasn't the way that I thought it was going to be. I, uh, instead of it being in a cabin in the woods or, you know, by, by a condo on the beach, it was in a hospital room overlooking the trees of central Arkansas as they changed from that beautiful green to uh, God's beautiful uh, colors and how he, uh, how he does uh, creation so well and so beautifully, but I, as I spent time in that hospital room, I spent a lot of time talking to the Lord, and uh, and He spent a lot of time talking to me. And this is this is the verse that the Lord put on my heart, and uh, I just want to share it with you because I believe uh, that it is uh, marked with what He has already 
begun to do this year, what he's going to continue to do this year and in the days to come. And in John, in John 7, 38, he said, all those who believe, uh, all those who believe. And I, and I shared a message earlier this year about believing believers, about what happens when we believe, what happens when our faith and our trust is in the Lord. We open the door for God to do incredible things, supernatural things in our life. But the reality is, is that we know from what Jesus said in John 10, 10, the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, I've come that you may have life and life more abundantly. Our God is all about life. He's all about life. He's all about experiencing the joy of, of life, about experiencing the blessings and the goodness and the faithfulness of God in the life that he has for us. So what happens in our, our lives as believers, what happens when we believe in Jesus, when we come to him and we drink from the fountain of salvation, when we begin to take part in what God has, uh, there's, there's, this, there's this powerful thing that begins to happen within our lives because the Spirit of God is then poured out. We see it in Acts uh, chapter 2 on the day of Pentecost when the Spirit of God was poured out on the earth, when God fulfilled what He said, when He said He would send another, He would send His Holy Spirit, He would send the Comforter. So what happened on that day was God began to, uh, began to introduce people to something that I like to call the overflow. Tell your neighbor, overflow. Tell your neighbor, overflow. God has called you and I to live out of the overflow of His presence. God has called you and I to live out of the overflow of His presence. In fact, the overflow of His presence is what comes from within us, what flows out of us through the course of our day-to-day -day lives. How many of you know Jesus isn't just for Sundays? Oh, come on. Preach with me this morning. How many of you know Jesus isn't just for Sundays? I don't know about you, but I need Jesus on Monday morning. Amen? When the car won't start because the battery's dead, and I'm already behind the planned schedule that I had on my brain, I need Jesus then. How many of you know we need Him every day? We need Him because we don't know what this life holds. We don't know what tomorrow holds, but He tells us don't worry about it because I've got tomorrow. Why? Because He's called us to live in the overflow of His presence. He's called for us to live in the overflow of what it means to have walked with Him, to have journeyed with Him day after day. Because as we continue to enter into His presence, as we continue to pray, as we continue to seek, as we continue to knock, as we continue to, to pursue Him wholeheartedly with everything that we have, what happens is we continue to experience the glory of His goodness and of His faithfulness, of His presence. Because see, before Jesus, my life was a desert. Before Jesus, there was no hope. Before Jesus, there was fear. Before Jesus, there was anxiety. Before Jesus, every emotion I felt is what dominated and controlled my mind. It's what led me in every direction. But when Jesus stepped in on the scene, there was a peace that surpassed all understanding. As the word says, it transcended all understanding. It, it began to guard my mind and my heart in Christ Jesus because I realized that I'm not my provider. He is. That I'm not my defender. He is. That I'm not my healer. He is. That I'm not dependent solely upon the things of this world, but I'm dependent upon the things of his word. And his word, in his word, there is life everlasting. In his word, there is hope and joy unspeakable and full of glory in his word everything changes and at the name of Jesus like Austin and Haley mentioned earlier at the name of Jesus everything must bow 
So when I step into his presence, there's an overflow that begins to take place. There's a shift that begins to happen. And here's the thing that the Lord spoke to me in this word in John 7, 38. Man, I just, I, I wanted to jump out of my hospital bed and come here and preach it. I was that ready. Because the Lord said, I am calling my people to, to, to the living water that I have established for them. See, the, the presence of God, the glory of God, is a wonderful thing. I love His presence. I love the presence and the glory of God. I love being in His presence. It's why we didn't rush and we didn't hurry last week, even though we had an annual business meeting at the end of service. And aren't you glad we didn't? Man, for those of you that stayed for the annual business meeting, talk about smooth and seamless all the way through. Elected three deacons on the first ballot, a trustee on the first ballot. There, we, we just we, we sailed through it, not because we were in a hurry, not because we were in a rush, but because the Spirit of God was evident and the Lord was leading His people. I love it. There's nothing like His presence. There's nothing like His glory and His goodness. But the glory and the goodness of God is not just meant for you and I to get and to hold on to. I love how you're shouting with me now. <laughs> Amen? It's not just so that God will bless me so that I can experience the goodness of God and the presence of God and the refreshing of God in my life. It's not just for me. Tell your neighbor, it's not just for you. Ooh. Ooh. It's not just for you. In fact, tell your neighbor, it's not about you. Pastor, tell him, look, look back at your neighbor and tell him, in fact, it's not about me. Oh, tell him, come on, just tell him, it's not about me. See, we live in our society, we live in our culture today with this mindset that it's all about us. We get up every morning and it's about me. It's about how I feel. It's about what I'm faced with. It's about what I'm dealing with. It's about what I'm going through. How are you doing? Well, I'm doing good, but let me tell you about all my problems. No, we don't do that. We pretend like everything's okay. Why? Because we don't want to let anybody in because we're worried about what people will think about us. I'm so tired of being worried about what people think, aren't you? I want to step into the freedom and the light and the joy of His presence and walk in what He's called me to and the freedom and the hope that He's established. And I want to lean on the people that God's placed in my life, my brothers and sisters in Christ, and realize I am not alone. I am not alone. God has given me a body of believers to be dependent on. This, this thing of God's glory, of His presence, of the salvation that He's given us, is not just for us. Yes, God wants you and I to experience salvation. God wants you and I to experience the outpouring of His Holy Spirit in our lives. But it is not for us to contain and to hold within ourselves. God is calling us to be a people who walk in the overflow of His glory, of His goodness, and of His presence. The power and the presence of the Holy Spirit, the glory and the goodness of God, is a river. It is not a holding tank. God has called us as His people to be vessels who carry His glory and His presence. He talks about it in the Word, but vessels that overflow of the glory and the goodness of God. Overflow in the glory and the goodness of God. That it's not contained within one place, that it's not contained within one person, but it it is overflowing into the lives of other people, that people are looking at my life and people are looking at your life and even the people that we have just, just chance encounters with and they're saying, man, there is something something different about you. There's something, what is it? It's called life. It's called life. It's called the 
promise that can never perish, spoil, or fade. That no matter what I face today and no matter what tomorrow holds, I have a future that can never perish, spoil, or fade. And it's an eternity with Jesus forever. So I may face trials and I may face difficulties. I may have hard seasons and unexpected moments, but I've got a peace that surpasses all understanding because I have a future that the enemy can't take from me, that the world can't take from me, that my past can't take from me, that sin can't take from me because I've been bought with the precious blood of Jesus Christ and I've been sanctified and I have been called out of darkness and into light and I have a hope and a future in Jesus of life everlasting with Him. When I step into the glory of God's presence, I begin to experience the overflow that He has for us. What happens in our life when things become stagnant in our relationship with the Lord, is that we've stopped sharing what God has given us. We overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. Lori, I love you sharing your testimony last week. Thank you for being obedient to God. Thank you for being faithful to what the Lord said. I know the enemies fought you this week on doing that, and I've been praying for you, but that right there is how we experience the overflow of God's presence in our lives, and we watch it in the lives of others. You share that testimony, five people came forward to say, I want to walk in the freedom that God has for me. Come on, amen? That's what it's all about, walking in the, walking in the salvation and the deliverance that God has for us. The enemy will get you and I to do everything that we can to stop telling about God's goodness, to stop telling about God's faithfulness, to stop telling about how the Lord has healed us, saved us, delivered us, carried us through. But friends, when you and I begin to share our testimony, it opens the floodgates of heaven for the glory and the presence of God to be poured out. Because when we begin telling others about Jesus, (laughs) we realize that we're not telling others about Jesus on our own. In fact, we're not telling them because of ourselves. We're telling them because of who he is and what he's done in our life. And when we begin to share about what he's done and we begin to tell others about what he's done, There's an overflow of his presence that begins to take place because God's called us to carry the streams of living water. So it's what flows in from heaven and flows out through us into the lives of others and continues to carry the new life that God has established. But if we stop sharing our testimony and we stop telling others about Jesus and we stop walking in obedience to what God has said, the flow stops. Hmm. We experience the overflow when we're walking in obedience to what God has said in our lives. I don't know about you, but I want to walk in the overflow. I want to walk in the overflow. I want to experience the overflow of God's presence. I want to experience the freedom of what He's established and what, he, what He's purposed in our lives. So this, 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 is, the, this is the word uh, that the Lord spoke to me when I was laying there uh, in, in that hospital bed. He said, I don't pour out my presence in stagnant places. Paul told Timothy, he said, stir up the gift of God that was placed within you. You ever been in a place where you just need to stir stir it up? You know what I'm talking about? Life's gotten busy. Life has happened. You've you've gotten... Now listen, I ain't talking about stirring it up to cause problems. Some of us are good at that too. Some of you guys in the room know just what I'm saying. You can just say one thing, and you just know that it's just, it's just the right way to push that button. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. You're like, ah. And then you laugh, and that makes it worse. Don't do that. 
Don't do that. Pot stir. Yeah, that's what my family likes to say. Pot stir. I just like to, you know, you, there's certain buttons, you know, you can push and it gets that reaction. It's just, uh, the Lord convicted me about that. That's a whole other message. But anyways, so I'm not talking about that kind of stirred up. I'm talking about the gift of God that's been placed within you. That moment where, like David said, I had to, that, that moment where you have to encourage yourself in the Lord. Encourage yourself in what God said. This is what the word of God says about my life. I am I have been saved. I have been redeemed. I have the promise. I have the hope. I have the, the, what the Word of God says about me is what's true, where we stir up and remind ourselves of the goodness and of the faithfulness of God and that He hasn't ever failed. There have been moments and situations and seasons in life where it feels like... <laughs> where it feels like he's failed, where we become discouraged and we become disheartened. But when we begin to encourage ourselves in the Lord, like we talked about last week, we begin to give God praise. We begin to give God glory and we begin to stir that up. What happens is we begin to experience the breakthrough that God has for us. The first point in experiencing the overflow in our lives is number one, break the dams. Tell your neighbor, break the dams. Well, pastor, what are the dams? The dams are fear. <laughs> the dams are sin. The dams are the things in our life that have been past hurts that we've walked through, past traumas that we've been through, all of these things. You say, Pastor, what do you mean? What happens when we break the dams is that we begin to experience the overflow of God's presence in our life. Because here's what the enemy does. Through sin, through our past hurts, failures, and mistakes, all of these different things, what happens is it creates a dam that blockades the move of the Spirit of God, the glory and the presence of God, the anointing of God that God has called us to in our life. Because what happens is instead of living in the living waters, instead of living in the joy and the overflow of His presence, we're either living in sin, we're living in fear, we're living in offense, we're living in hurt, we're living in pain, and we're no longer surrounded by His presence, but by what, what it is that we're walking through. So how do I break the dams? One, repent. Tell your neighbor, repent. We've got to love repentance. Come on, somebody. We've got to love repentance. How many of you have ever had to say, I'm sorry? Some of you didn't raise your hands. How many of you need to say, I'm sorry? Amen? <laughs> yeah, me too. Yeah. Why? Why? Because I'm sorry is not just a phrase. It's not just a word. It's an attitude. It's a motive of the heart. It's why if you don't say it with authenticity, people can tell. Husbands and wives know what I'm talking about. Saying I'm sorry ain't going to get you out of trouble if you don't mean it from the heart. Can I get an amen from the guys? Some of the ladies, amen, amen. This ain't a marriage class. I ain't going there, all right? But what happens when it's a matter of the heart is we realize, because here's the beautiful thing about the Holy Spirit, is that He convicts us of sin. The Holy Spirit convicts us of sin. I love it. I love how the Holy Spirit works. I love how the Holy Spirit works. I'll never forget. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell on myself this morning. Some of you can, deep, you can breathe a deep sigh of relief. It's not on you. This is a story on me. No, just a yawn. <laughs> You're bored already. Good. <laughs> Glad I have your attention. So when I was, when I was a kid, I, I hung out with some people that I probably shouldn't have hung out with. You ever hang out with people you shouldn't have hung out with? Yeah. Well, see, here's the thing. My parents were uh, and are God-fearing, God-walking people, and the Lord talks to my mother <laughs> very plainly, very plainly. And I hung out with this group of boys, and, and uh, they had taught me into trying a cigarette. 
Yeah. Yeah. So I said, yeah, yeah, I'll try. Now, I knew I didn't need to touch it. Felt the conviction of the Holy Spirit. Y'all know what I'm talking about. When the Holy Spirit says, don't do that. Don't do that. And you're like, eh, it's okay. And so we got done hanging out. And I went back home and I walked in the door of our apartment. We, were, we lived in a, in a big size apartment complex here in Jonesboro. And I walked back in, and my mom was, I think, in her room. And she opened the door, and she came out, and she said, you smoke a cigarette? <laughs> no roundabout way. Threw it, none, none. I mean, walked right out, probably of her prayer closet, and said, did you? And I had two choices. Tell the truth, which I got news for you. You can't lie to the Holy Ghost. And I'm telling you, your parents in the room, you got a special anointing from the Lord. I tell people this all the time. You have a special anointing from the Lord. God will tell you things about your children. He will, tell, he will show you things about your kids. Not always for you to say something, sometimes just to pray. Don't feel like in different seasons of your child's life, it may not be for you to say anything. It may be for you to pray. Because prayers are powerful and effective. If you'd have been here Wednesday night, you'd have heard it. Come Wednesday. Come Wednesday. Come late. I don't care. Come Wednesday. Come on. Holy Spirit's doing something. We had an awesome service Wednesday night. Come Wednesday night. All right, that's my last plug about that. So I stopped, and I knew. She wasn't out there. She wasn't anywhere around us. I know what happened. She was praying, and the Lord told her. So I turned around, and I said... <clears throat> Yes, ma'am. And she said, hmm, don't you love it when your mom looks at you or a spiritual mom or, or spiritual dad or your dad or that person that God's put in your life to be that encouraged? Don't you love it when they say, hmm? My mom says a whole lot when she says, hmm. <laughs> hmm. Hmm. You know exactly what she Hmm. I was like, yeah, hmm, I know what hmm means. I felt it, JJ. I felt hmm, hmm. <laughs> felt it all through my body. Hmm, okay. <laughs> and she said, uh, she said, well, well, you know, you think that was the right decision? And man, I broke. Not because it was her, but because of the conviction of the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit told me no. And I did it anyway. See, the thing about conviction is, is it's not about what everybody else is doing. Yeah. Conviction is not about what everybody else is doing. Because, listen, everybody else can be doing it, and it may not be sin. But if the Lord's telling you no, there's a reason. If God's telling me no, I've got to be obedient to Him. Because He is the one who is leading me through the process of transformation and calling me into who He's called me to be. So I can't worry about what everybody else is doing. <laughs> Nobody else may be doing it this way. It doesn't matter. I'm following the Lord, not everybody else. He is my God and my Savior. He is my King and my Defender. He is my Heavenly Father. He's the one that's leading me into the transformation, into the change, into the future, into the promises that He's established for me. So I knew in that moment what had happened. The Lord had spoken to me, and I was disobedient. 
And the Lord used my mother to further convey the conviction that he had, and I immediately knew in that moment. And I had to repent. I repented to my mom, and then I went into my bedroom, and I repented to the Lord. Thank God for repentance. Don't be upset when the Holy Spirit exposes your sin. We, we, we cannot be afraid of sin. We cannot be afraid of repenting from sin. Because this is what the enemy does. The enemy tries to get you and I to hold our sin in the dark and to keep it from coming into the light. <laughs> because we think, well, people will just think terrible things about me. People will just think that I'm, people will just think that I'm horrible. I, I've been walking with Jesus long enough to know better. <laughs> people will think all of these things. And what happens is, is when we hold our sin in the dark then what happens is we begin building a dam and it begins blockading the presence and the glory of God. Why? Because sin separates us from the Lord. So when we fail to repent and we continue to walk in disobedience and we continue to hold on to that thing, it doesn't take very long before it builds and it builds and it builds. Why? Because the enemy uses fear and he uses, he uses worry and he uses fear of what others will think and fear of what others will say and anxiety. And we begin building all these things and then we begin trying to figure out ways to cover it up so that people don't find out about it. And what happens in that moment is that we build a dam that blockades the presence of God and we don't experience the freedom that God has called us to. But man, what a beautiful thing when we step into the light of God's presence and say, Lord, here's my sin. God, here's where I failed. Here's where I messed up. God, here's where I made, here, here's where I've made my mistake. God, here's where I knew that this is what your word says and I did this. Or God, here's when I knew that the Holy Spirit was speaking in my heart and saying, don't do this any longer. Here's the deal. Disobedience is sin. If God's told you and I to do something and we haven't done it, it's sin. So we can't, we, 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 gotta, we have to stop classifying sins. Sin is sin. Tell your neighbor, sin is sin. If the Lord said do it and you didn't do it, it's sin. So if the Holy Spirit exposes it in your life, repent. Because if not, the enemy will use condemnation to try to keep you held captive and out of the presence and the glory of God because he knows that when you and I step into the presence of God and you and I step into the freedom that God's established for us, there's an overflow of his presence, of his glory and of his goodness that begins to happen in our lives because rivers of living water begin to wash out and begin to wash away and God begins to transform and God begins to renew. God begins to make the stagnant places full of life again. And the glory and the presence of God begins to flow. And the Lord begins using us to share with others about how God has delivered, how God has set free, how God has taken what was my sin, what was my identity, what was my past, and now uses it for the future of His glory and of His goodness. Because others are saying, well, if they can step out into the light, I can step out into the light. I don't have to live in fear, and I don't have to live in shame, and I don't have to live in guilt. But I can live in the joy and the glory and the goodness of His presence. For some of us, it's not sin that's the dam that needs to be broken in our life, it's fear. Fear of what, what may happen. Fear of what may take place if we walk in the full obedience of what God has established for us. Fear of what it might look like. Fear of what people might say about us. Can I tell you, I hope that people will talk about me. I hope that people will talk. Because if they'll start talking, who knows how the Holy Spirit might work and move in their life. 
Who knows how God might begin to move? What happens when you and I step into the revelation of what God has said and what God has spoken, and we walk in repentance, and we step into the light of His salvation, the light of His glory? He said, I've called you out of darkness and into light. When we step into light, we experience the freedom that God has established us, and what the enemy once once was able to use as a stronghold over our life can no longer be held because at the name of Jesus, it has to bow. So when I repent, what happens in the moment that I repent is I am free from the guilt, free from the shame, free from the consequence, and it opens the floodgates of heaven for the glory and the presence of God. Repentance is the key to experiencing the overflow in our lives, and we have to break the dams. Secondly, we have to maintain the flow. Tell your neighbor, maintain the flow. You got to keep the line clear. You've got to keep the line clear. Jesus says in Matthew chapter 6, this then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Tell your neighbor, you got to eat. How many of you like to eat? Amen. You people that don't like to eat, that didn't raise your hand, you're teaching. You're teaching a class. Next life group, next Sunday night, 5 o'clock, my house, you're teaching. How, how to not like food? Tell me. I want to know the secret of your ways. I love food. I love food. We had life group last Sunday night, and oh my goodness. It was just one delicious thing right after the next. Just one. I mean, just the goodness of the Lord. Hallelujah. Love to eat. God made us to eat. And not just physically, but spiritually as well. Jesus said it. He said, man shall not live, or God said it, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So when you and I take the word of the Lord and we open it, that's the reason we're doing the journey. How many of you are on the journey with me? We're on the journey together. We're going through the Word of God. When I read the Word of God, even on the days that it might not feel like I have this profound revelation, like the other day when it was just the, the father of so-and-so begot so-and-so, and he begot so-and-so, and so-and-so begot so-and-so, and so-and-so. And we think, oh, Lord. Can I just skip this? No, don't skip it. Why? God recorded it in His Word. <laughs> Because he made a clear line between what his covenant promise was with David all the way through to the Messiah. And from the beginning until now, God has made a clear line. So the reason that that's in there is important. So on those days, you may not have some profound revelation. God may not give you some profound thing. I mean, you could get something along the lines of the the bloodline of Christ, the way that he redeems, renews, restores, brings breakthrough, transformation, and change, all of that. But you may not that day. You may read it and go, whew, that's a lot of begotten. And begetting. And I begot to go because I got work. So, (laughs) yeah. So what happens on those days? Well, it doesn't matter. I read the word of the Lord. I ate. I I nourished my spirit man. And so I'm walking in what God has said because here's the deal. Consistency builds the character and the transformation that God's established for our life. So the little things I do today matter. The little things that I do tomorrow matter. But, but, but if I don't eat spiritually, I starve myself. Jesus said, all of those who are thirsty, in, the, in, verse, in verse number 36, all those who are thirsty, come and drink. So 
when I'm thirsty, when I'm tired, when I'm parched, when I'm exhausted spiritually, emotionally, physically even drained, what's Jesus say? Come to me. He says it again in Matthew chapter 11. He says, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy burdened, I will give you rest for your souls. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. What happens when you and I pursue the Lord? What happens when you and I maintain the flow that God has for us by spending time in the Word and spending time in His presence? I'm not saying hours a day. Just a little bit of time. Just a little bit of time to spur the hunger and thirst for more of God's presence and live in the overflow of what he's established. Because then it's no longer everything else in my life that's running me, but it's the King of kings and the Lord of lords who's leading me. And I'm walking in the overflow of his presence. I'm walking in the, in the glory and the goodness of what he's established. And then I begin to experience what he's intended, what he's purposed, which is the, the living water that begins to restore my soul. Thirdly, how do I live in the overflow? <laughs> share, share what God has shared with you. Share what God has shared with you. We have to share what God has shared with us. And the beautiful thing about that is that the Lord makes that process happen Almost naturally. You know, I, I, shared, I shared the testimony about the, the nurse that I had one night in the hospital. And uh, she, was, she was grumpy when she came in. You, 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 ever, you ever dealt with a grumpy person before? Yeah. Don't look at your spouse. Don't look at your spouse. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Nope. That's a bad idea. Bad call. No. You ever dealt with a grumpy person? Gr grouchy child in the morning. It's time to get up and do school. And <laughs> yeah. Um, and so I was laying in that bed, and she came in, and the Lord had really blessed us with with nurses that had really that had really been great. One nurse in particular, the Lord had blessed us with. She was awesome. She went the extra mile. She made sure that we were taken care of. Really, uh, my wife was a nurse in her own right. She kept the, uh, her and my mom and, and Haley at times kept the warming blanket thing full in the nurse's station and the, went and got supplies and anyways. So, so she came in and I thought, oh no, it's going to be a long night. It's going to be a long night. And uh, that, that was my flesh. That was my natural reaction. I thought, oh Lord. And uh, I decided to, to show the love of Christ in return and to not react based on what I felt in the moment and based on what she was conveying. But, but I responded according to the Holy Spirit. We all did that were in that room. And uh, about, the, about the second or third time that she was in there, um, her, her demeanor started to shift. She started to change. And I don't know how many times she came in our room that night. It felt like a bunch. It was a lot. Yeah, I said a lot. She came in our room a lot. But one of, the things that, one of the things that we had done was uh, Rihanna had set up a playlist of just worship music. And I told her, I said, I just, I just want us to have that just as a constant. Um, I just want to worship the Lord and I want to be in His presence. And uh, so I think it was the third or fourth time she was in there. And she just started telling us her whole life story. Um, at least of the last year, some of the trauma. She had lost one of her daughters unexpectedly. She was raising one of her other children's children, and just was walking through some really hard, some really tough seasons and tough moments, and 
about three quarters of the way through telling us all this, she stopped and she looked at me and she goes, I don't even know why I'm telling you all this. And uh, Rihanna laughed and my mom laughed and they said, well, he's a pastor. She said, no way. And, uh, and so she just began sharing. And we, we, got, we got to just, God took a, 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 an unfun moment in our life <laughs> and he used it to minister to someone else's life because it was out of the overflow of what he was doing in our life. Because of the presence of God that was in that place, the Spirit of God began ministering to her. And we got to tell her, listen, we're praying for you. We, we, you know, even when you don't, here's the beautiful thing about it, even when you haven't been where somebody else has, the presence of the Lord can bring people to a whole, to a whole new place. So when we share what God has shared with us, it opens the door, and oftentimes the Holy Spirit does it for us. Now, don't get me wrong, it can be uncomfortable because we think, Lord, I don't know what to say. I don't know how to say it. I don't know what. But here's the deal. It's not about us anyways. It's about him. So when we just love like he's told us to love and we just share as he leads us to share, it just opens the door for the Holy Spirit to do incredible things. I want to ask the worship team to come. I want to ask them to come this morning. Um. So we're gonna we're gonna close out, and I'm I'm just gonna we're just gonna take this word and 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 put it into action. Uh, maybe you're here this morning, joining us online today, and and you need to break you need to break the dam. Maybe you need to repent. Maybe you need to just release fear. Maybe you need to give God some things that you've been carrying that God hasn't called you to carry. God's not called you to be to live in worry. In fact, he goes on in, in Matthew chapter 6 and says, Don't worry about your life, not even what you'll eat, what you'll drink, or what you'll wear. And that's hard for us, isn't it? I worried about what I was going to wear last night. We, 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 it's in our nature. But worry can come to a place that it robs us of the peace and the presence of God. And the Lord says, don't do that. I loved when Austin shared that message last fall and he, and he read that from the New Living Translation. And Jesus said, unbelievers, unbelievers dwell on all these things. I, I, I believe in Jesus. Amen? I, I don't want my faith and my, uh, and, and my salvation and, and the things that I have placed in the Lord, I don't want that to shift and allow worry and fear to unseat me from the place that God's called me to. That we, we are experiencing record volumes of anxiety and depression in our society today. Record volumes of anxiety and depression. And you know why? Because we carry it on our own and we don't take it to Jesus. The Lord heals depression. The Lord delivers from anxiety. God releases His peace in our life.